Well, last week we heard the first part of our conversation, and that one was all about SK Equine products. This week we are going right back to barrel horses and specifically honing in on some barrel horse fitness and show prep from a lady who has trained horses in the US, Italy, and now Brazil, not to mention over 100 1D horses. Please welcome Shannon Kerr. Okay, okay, now we're good now. Oh my gosh, thank you for talking to us so late at night. Steph was saying it's like midnight there. It's okay, it's almost one. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully you have intense. a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about that and then I thought, well, but I'm going to need to go to bed after. Yeah. So I had orange juice instead. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you, uh, have, you, okay. have you had some visitors at your Airbnb since we chatted with you last? You know, um, everything has taken off so much with the saddles and pads and everything else that I stopped that. I mean, I've got oh, some really? people come in like to ride with me and stuff, but I took it off the Airbnb because we had to use one of the rooms to store stuff. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. And you're probably just so busy with everything else. It's insane. Yeah. Crazy how things in a year can change. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. excited to catch up with you like this year since we talked to you. Was it last year we talked to you? I think it was at it least must a year have been. About, about a year. year. So yeah. it'll be a cool update to see. But I'm actually sad because we were actually talking about it before I came here. I was like, cool, if we ever go on a honeymoon, that I want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> no, now people like that, like you guys are welcome. But I took it off Airbnb. So I wasn't just getting random people. Yeah. Offline so, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So and we're building some stuff. And I mean, and in fact, some people from Canada are coming in April. Sweet. Yeah, here, that's exciting. Yeah. So mm-hmm. let's uh, let's let's hop into this podcast um, and let's hear okay. about your season this year. I want to know all about your horses. We were following you on Instagram and it looked like you were absolutely killing it. So we want to hear everything from maybe when we spoke last time about your horses and your summer and rodeos and let's chat about and that. your new tack line. We got to yeah. hit that too. Yeah. Oh, cool. Thank you. Well, this year, what you know, COVID is is just hard everywhere. You know, I think in the United States, it's easier than anywhere else in the world. But here, things are still not, it's, it's getting back to normal, but it's still hard to get somewhere. So this past year yeah. was still kind of hit and miss, you know, as far as being able to even go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got some young horses that are really, uh, have a little, she's not mine, I actually sold her as a, a little bay mare that you probably see in the videos. Mm-hmm. And I told her to a girl from France who's actually going to take her to USA at the okay. end of this year. Oh, cool. We're preparing her. We're prepping her to take to the United States. And in fact, that's kind of what I've been doing. I had another girl come from the United States, came here and bought two horses from here, um, including like security horses for next year. Mm-hmm. So what I've been doing is prepping those. And I have two horses of my own that are three-year-olds. And the idea is to take all four of these horses in the fall. To the United States. Oh, wow. Oh, cool. So, honestly, I've just been focusing on them. I kind of sent away a bunch of my other outside horses. Um, everything else that's in the barn is mine, but it's really young because we're I'm working really hard to get these four really ready. Yeah. So, so that they can, you know, do, do something in the fall, you know, at the juvenile or. Okay. So, like you're going to come and run them 
in the, the States. At the BFA kind of thing or the um, Pink Buckle? Yeah, that's the plan. The plan is the girl from Canada is going to go there. She wants to live there. She's going to go to the United States, try to live her dream, wants to run barrels there. Um, but the, my idea is this. So I've invested in some geldings, some really nice red geldings, and one girl bought one already. And the other two, my plan is to run them like in the juvenile and then put them in the auction there and then come home or do one there and one maybe at Oklahoma City in December. Oh, nice. It just depends the weather. If it looks like it's going to be cold, then I think I will just run them both at, at you know, in the BFA and then put them both in the BFA sale and come home. Yeah, yeah. Easier to, uh, then, you don't have to, then you don't have to ship them home, hopefully, too. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't ship them home. It, it, it costs $20,000 to ship them back. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So they're not coming back. Yeah. Oh they're not gosh. coming back. <laughs> so you're just going to sell them? Both... Okay. Yeah. I missed yeah, that put part. Them in the auction. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to put them in the auction. Oh, I'm wow. Gonna... Mm-hmm. I'm going to take their two dash of fame. You know, a lot of it depends their blood work because we have this disease here from ticks. Yeah. I was going to say, isn't you know... it kind of hard to get, make sure that they're clear of that to bring them to the States? Well, I've been working on that. I actually sent a horse to the United States um, not that long ago. It's one that Pete Owen has now, a buckskin stallion. Yeah. And I've been working with vets for the past couple of years. So um, these horses are all in the treatment. Um, Two of them are already cleared. The other two, I think, will be cleared by the time they leave. So that's why I have two of them, because, like, well, maybe one can't go. Oh, okay. You know, that we kind of... But um, that's the plan. I'm yeah. gonna try to do it just to see, and and uh, I decided to deal with geldings because then you don't have to worry about any, you know, coming into heat or you mm. know, and stallions can be stallions. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm gonna try it. Cool. Gonna, you know, they're both dash the same geldings, so I figured you know people like dash the same. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So we'll see how it goes. And those sales have been bringing in like such good dollars, so it should make your trip yeah. worth it. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. But- what i'm hoping for you know worst case it'll be a great experience Mm -hmm. and um not everybody who does this you know and i thought well i'm gonna give it a try yeah you know so that's what we're focusing on and so um but it's hard because you know here my horses are born on the american calendar or like on your calendar so Mm -hmm. for brazil they're kind of young they're you know and you see the horses technically their age here in brazil you know, already running 16s on standard patterns and are already competing. And I'm over there like, how can do is exhibitions or test horses? And I'm like, I want to run so bad with my horses oh, and I can't, you yeah. know, because I'm, I'm following the rules, you know, and I'm like, oh, it's killing me. Yeah. But, oh, okay. but we're doing it and it's fun. That's exciting. I can't wait it's to fun. watch. Same. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you have so many nice horses. I just, every time you post a video of them going through your hot walker i just i watch it over and over <laughs> and over show land and, <laughs> here. You know, and people need to understand i didn't start out with those kind of horses you know i literally yeah. started with that 800 cell barn horse yeah and i've been in this business for 25 years so i don't want anyone to feel discouraged because you can get there mm-hmm. yeah it's you know? good it's like inspiring <laughs> Exactly. No, it really is. And yeah. it's like, even the other day I was looking in my barn and I was like, wow, I'm really blessed to have the horses I have. And I know that and I never take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, but it is it's amazing. And there's a reason those horses are famous 
bred horses because they are easier to train. Mm-hmm. They make your yeah. job as a trainer a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that, like it's kind of legging up season here in Canada. And I, I don't know what you guys do down there for breaks. You know, you don't get a winter. So maybe you don't do breaks as much. But I feel like a large amount of the population, you know, might give their rodeo horse a month or two off. Um, and then, you know, now they're starting to leg them back up. And then we remembered from our conversation last time, too, that you guys aren't allowed to use like Lasix and some other stuff that, you know, we can use here. So fitness is like of the optimal importance. So we thought we'd, we could really dive into like that topic, legging up and fitness um, with you because you guys obviously know that department super well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, this is the thing. It's here. It's just kind of the opposite of there. You know, we have 90% professional trainers and 10% hobbyists. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. And there, it's, it's the opposite. You've got 90% hobbyists and 10% like professional trainers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And these trainers, the majority of them work for a farm. Okay. And they get salaries and they get paid okay. very well. And if they don't win, they lose their job. Okay. Yeah. And it's kind of a difference between having something and being in poverty, honestly. Wow. wow. So these, these guys have to make it work. Okay. And most of these guys grew up on ranches. So they, they know how to ride. They have horsemanship. They're hungry to learn. So, you know, they, they learn, they go to every clinic they can. If there's a clinic here, it doesn't matter who's putting it on. Even the best trainers go. Okay. I mean, they are so hungry to learn. Yeah. Uh, um, because the more they learn and the better they get, the more money they make. Yeah. Okay. Whereas in the States and in Canada, it's more kind of like, oh, I have my day job and I have my barrel horse mm-hmm. as a hobby. And then yeah. you've got those professional rodeo girls. And those girls usually have, you know, maybe three horses that they haul all the time, full time, let's say. Yeah. yeah. But here, the trainers, like, I'll go to a race with, say, I went to a, a, a rodeo this weekend with four. And, these guys go with 20, 40, oh my God. 15 horses. What? You know, <laughs> just um, a big semi pulled yeah. up a stock, <laughs> like a cattle liner. <laughs> no, I haul my horses in a cattle truck, so that's totally okay. Yeah, <laughs> she you? sent me but- a video. It's like, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh my God, that horse actually wants to get on there. <laughs> that's crazy. Right? little wind through it's their mane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they're going um, up like the... Um, uh, up the ramp like it's the, it's the same thing they loaded the bulls on for yeah. the rodeo oh, seriously yeah. they load and unload bulls yeah yeah that's what i was so, thinking but, yeah yep. yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah no you'll have to, uh, we'll post here. it to our instagram page so people know what we're talking about <laughs> okay <laughs> i have some other videos too i'll, I'll send you that oh, are yeah. a little easier to see too okay i'll find those and send them to you but yeah. so here's the thing so in Brazil, you don't see, uh, you know, I'm one of the only owner-rider trainers, more or less. There are okay. some of us, but not many. Mm-hmm. So these guys need to win. And here it's really hot and humid and dirty. I mean, because there's a lot of dust, you know, it's a tropical third world country. And, you know, these guys, we, we are not allowed to use drugs. Now, I'm not going to tell you that nobody uses them, mm-hmm. but if you get caught, it's it's an $18,000 fine. You can have a six-month wow. suspension. Um, if you get caught more than once or twice, that you could never run barrels again. I mean, you could be totally suspended from the association here. Yeah. So it's it's a very serious thing. Now, there are some shows that don't test. Um, 
there are probably, let's say a dozen shows a year that test, but that's one a month. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. If you give medicine two weeks before, that medicine could still be in your horse's system. Yeah, that's true. So people here are, are really careful about that. I, I have never used Lasix here. Mm-hmm. Never needed to, um, you know, and, and I see such a difference. Ever since I got my walker, my exerciser, oh, my yeah. horses have gotten faster without mm-hmm. me doing anything extra. Yeah. You know, they went from being 3D horses to 2D horses to now 1D horses. You know, wow. my yeah. horses coming up. There's less chance of injury. Yeah. I think what it is is this, okay, here, let me explain how my day is. Now, I don't, yeah. I don't do this every day, <laughs> even though I would like to, but with the other stuff that's going on, I haven't had as much time as I used to have. Mm-hmm. So in the morning, my horses go on the walker before they get fed. So they go on there for 40 minutes. Okay. Um, 20 minutes each way at a pretty fast trot. And inside of my walker is really deep sand. Yeah. Okay. So they do that for 40 minutes in the morning around 6 o'clock in the morning. And I have a guy who lives here who feeds and cleans stalls. So he puts them all on the walker, cleans the stalls, gets their food ready, and then he takes them off the walker and puts them in to have their food. Okay. Okay. So wait, pause moment. Do you ever have issues uh with ulcers then with them not eating before they exercise? And is there a reason to do it fasted? Yeah. Well, I haven't had any problem with ulcers. Um, okay. And again, ulcer, the, the omeprazole is a drug that tests. Yeah. Right? So you're okay. not allowed oh to give God. it. Wow. So you have to be careful. No, I, I don't have problems with it. And and I think it's because our horses, because they're so tired, they're calmer. <laughs> oh, <You know>? yep. <laughs> and, you know, in the rest of the day and night, they have three choice alfalfa or hay. Okay. You know, yeah, so, yeah. you know, so. Yeah. Then, um. I try to ride in the evenings now because I'm getting a lot of sunspots and I even had like that pre-cancer that a lady burned off my nose on the side of my nose. So I'm really careful now. I'm trying not to ride in the sun. Yeah. So I usually go in the evening, still daylight, but when the sun isn't so strong Mm -hmm. and then I actually put them back on the walker and then, um, I make them for about 10 or 15 minutes. Okay. A, a fast trot and actually make them lope some on that too. In the and evening. And then I start, I take in the evening and then I take one off and the rest of them keep going at a trot or a walk. If it's really hot, I'll, I'll bring them back down to a walk. Okay. But otherwise they stay at a trot. And this walker will go um, 10 minutes or 20 minutes one way, 20 minutes the other way. That's oh, okay. That's why I do the 40 minutes in the morning. Yeah. So I take one off and I saddle it and I go to my arena and I try to do um, lots of exercise for the horse to use his body. Yeah. Okay. Um, I train on the barrels almost every time I ride as well. Not necessarily fast, Mm -hmm. but I do take them through the barrels every time that I ride them. Yeah. So imagine you guys, you know, it's Christmas and we're all a little chubby, right? Imagine if I took you out and made you run like a a 200-yard sprint and then did some hurdles, okay? Mm -hmm. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to expand your lungs. You know, you're going to be out of breath. And this is what's happening to the horses. Mm -hmm. So the horses aren't fit enough for the job you're asking them to do. So when you ask them to do that job, they bleed, they get sore. You know, they do all these things because their body is in condition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, at the clinics, I, I do a lot of like, I'll have my horse 
see if I can get some video for you guys. But yeah, like I could be loping, and then all out of nowhere, ask my horse to turn and push away. Okay, okay. And, and then I'll do it again. Like the guys here will lope their horse in a straight line and ask it to turn and lope back in a straight line. The same, you know, mm-hmm. without missing a beat. Yeah. You know, so I do a lot of stuff. One to get them listening to my inside range, so they're not luggy. So yeah. they're always, you know, picking picking themselves up, always ready to pick themselves up. And so I do a lot of, you like imagine you're loping a regular circle. I'll just have them turn and push out of that circle, you okay. know, and then lope them forward and turn again and come back to the circle. And I'm always asking my horses to turn, turn yeah. and push away, turn and push away, turn and push away. Yeah. So their tendons, their ligaments, their joints, their back, everything is conditioned for running and turning. Mm-hmm. Not just mm-hmm. long trotting in a straight line. Yeah, because yeah. when you turn a barrel, yeah. they're launching off of there. And yeah. that take, that puts a lot of torque on a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and imagine doing it fast, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And and it does, it puts extra pressure on their lungs, which mm-hmm. causes the bleeding, you know? And then another thing what happens, okay, your horse isn't fit. He knows, like you've ran in the cold and it hurts your lungs. Now that doesn't happen with horses, but imagine like, you know you've got to go do that, and you're not fit for it. You get a little nervous, right? Like if mm-hmm. I just grabbed you and said, "Okay, go go do those hurdles right now," yeah. you know, go go go. You'd be like, ah, "I'm not in shape. I can't do it," you know. But I did it, and you, you tend to get a little more nervous, mm-hmm. and thus maybe the ulcer thing. You know, here I don't have nobody here has trouble with horses going in the arena. I never see that here, and yeah. I know at our big shows. They can go in and wait inside, but at rodeos you can't. And I just came from a rodeo with seventy runs, and not one horse had trouble to go in the arena mm. with a side gate. Yeah, you know. Um, so I, you know, you just when you're training your horse, you need to think about training him for the job, like crossfit. Yeah, you know, you need to crossfit your horse, not just lope him in circles or trot him in for a mile. Because you're not conditioning the body for what you're going to ask him to do in the arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this is why we have a lot of less injuries. Why we can get away with not using medicine because the horses are just really fit. Mm-hmm. And here they take really good care of our horses. You know, we have a good feed here. We have alfalfa. We have hay. We have grass almost all year round. Yeah, and, you know, That's so nice. we have good supplements here, but. You know, in the end, it's that I think. I think in America and Canada, I think everyone is kind of looking for that shortcut. Yeah, yeah. And and then you think, oh well, you know. And then you see somebody else doing it. Oh, that girl's giving LASIK. I should do that too. But you know, the more LASIK you give, the more harm you do on the horse. Mm-hmm. You know, LASIK is hard on their liver. You know, you deplete them of potassium. Yeah. You know, it's actually you know unless you actually have a true bleeder. I, I wouldn't give Lasix at all, mm-hmm. you know, because I know the damage that it causes. Because yeah, with the pure plasmosis treatment I'm doing with these horses here, we are always testing the liver. Oh, okay. okay. Because the medicines affect the liver. So I've really learned a lot about liver health in horses. Oh, okay. And, and you know, when I see, when I went there, and they're like, oh, I give you banamine, Lasix, you know, all these things. In my mind, I can just see those liver numbers going off the chart. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, and it, people need to think about that. You know, mm-hmm. there's times to use those medicines and then you shouldn't use them 
unless you have a specific reason, not mm-hmm. just because everyone else is doing it. Yeah. I just have a question going back to when you were talking about how like a lot of people will like really like lope their horse or go faster and then do the turns and that helps with the ligaments and everything, um, making sure they're conditioned for the job. So say like we're going to go and do that tomorrow. Um, do you recommend riding with someone that will really like help you with um, making sure their body and everything is correct and lined up? Because could that also cause more damage as well if your horse isn't doing it properly like breaking down their hocks and their bodies and whatnot if they're not in the correct position or how would you um yeah yeah, how would you like like walk that fine line to make sure they're doing correct and like how do you feel that well first i've because i I started out in the jumping horse world so i've always been open-minded about Mm-hmm. having someone watch you mm-hmm. and when I started to do barrels it blew my mind that nobody wanted help from anyone yeah because I was like you know you can someone can see what you're doing you know and so anytime anytime you can have someone watch you and help you it doesn't matter for what always always take advantage of that mm-hmm. always make sure it's someone that wants the best for you yeah but always yeah. <laughs> it's, but even if it's your dad or your sister that doesn't even know much because sometimes They'll pick up on something like my husband. He he never he hates barrel races, <laughs> but every time he goes, I'll say, "What do you think?" Because he really knows a lot about horses. But I'll say, "What do you think?" And every time he makes a suggestion, he's always right. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always am open minded to have someone watch you. Um, I always call this the BDF, yeah. your barrel best friend. Yeah. Um, here's the thing, and and back to conditioning real quick before I answer more of that. So when I ride my horses. I ride them until they're sweaty. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And when they start to get sweaty, then I, you know, I trot them through the barrels or lope them through slow and then I put them away. You know, so I try to ride them every day to the point that they're sweaty, mm-hmm. which isn't so hard here. Yeah. Harder yeah. there where you live, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but that's when I know my horse is ready to be put away. Okay. When they've got, you know, that sweat on their neck, maybe some sweat on the breast collar. Then I'm like, okay, time, you know. Um, but back to see if you're doing it right. First of all, if you do it, you're not going to, if you start out doing it, I promise you're not going to be able to do very much because your horse is going to get tired really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'll, I'll see if I can get someone to film this weekend and then yeah, and show awesome. you guys what what the video is and make it a little more easy for them to understand. Because yeah. I'm picturing like um, a rollback in my head. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah. It, it is, but it's not. It's okay. a turn because with the roll back, you stop, and you never okay. want to lose that forward motion because yeah. if you roll them back, they're not bending through the rib cage and mm-hmm. coming around. Yeah. Okay, they're just setting and crossing over and coming back. So what we actually want that turn as if it were a barrel. Mm-hmm. Okay, so okay. like kind of the okay. same size then as a barrel turn. Yeah, but okay. a touch tighter. Okay, I do it a little bit tighter. Now, on a young horse or like like you guys starting out, you may have to do it a little bit wider because your horse isn't in that condition yet, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's just, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's really a game changer if you can get your horse to do this and do it, you know, several times in a row because they start to lift up through their stomach, lift up through their back, and they start to engage that inside leg. And instead of sticking it in the ground and coming back, like maybe a rollback 
they learn to keep it moving forward. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they step it there, but they bend and they cross over and they come around and they push out. Ooh, I need and to and know this one. That would help, just, yeah. Help for those yeah. that are having trouble with them really wanting to shoulder the barrel even. Exactly. And, you know, we do something that's kind of off the wall. And when I do it at clinic, I get these big eyes, but we we lift our horse's head up high. Like if our horse wants to lay on the inside rein or he's not listening, we actually take that inside rein and lift his head up. Like, let's say it's to the right. This is gonna, I don't think this is going to make any sense on the radio. But <laughs> we lift it to the right and we lift it as high as it can go. And then we bring it back to us, like to, towards your bra strap, not to our knee and not to our hip, but like towards our bra strap. Okay. okay. And then that lightens the horse up so much, it's unreal. While so, you're moving? Why. Like while you're going around the barrel? No, 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 while we're standing still. Okay. Yeah. Like if you talk about like horses dropping, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and like to get this exercise right, your horse has to really be listening to that inside rein. Maybe we need to a be video ready of that you, one too. <laughs> yeah and it's, we're keeping I you busy looks like yeah. I'll get on I'll get on these horses and and the, I, I I hate when horses lug on me okay and lots of horses lug and um I I get on these horses and I do that and the owner's face they just go blank like <laughs> oh my god what is she doing to my horse and um I'm like just just trust me and then I I do that and I said okay get back on and they're like oh my gosh this is like a different horse and then the next thing you know, you'll be walking around and you'll see everybody over there doing it. Oh, you like, give me a head. You know, it's so cute. It's so cute. That's but it really works. Too. Me too. <laughs> I'm really excited to see that. It, it, it really, really, really works. Um, the only thing with it, though, is you can't have a tight curb strap. You okay. Make sure you have a loose curb strap on. Yeah. But, um, but okay, what we're talking about. Oh, so, so anyway, if you can, like you said, if you can have anyone watch you, it's a good idea. How to teach feel that I cannot tell you. That is something that someone has or they don't or they learn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, nobody can explain someone how to feel something. Yeah. Um, the, the one thing I can tell you is if your horse stops, that's incorrect. Mm-hmm. Because okay. the idea is always that forward motion. You know, our horses here never lose forward motion. Yeah. yeah. So if you feel your horse stop or stutter or lug, then it's not, you know, you need to fix that. Okay. That I can tell you. Yeah. But the feel, that's, that's a tough one. But that would just come with, if you have people watching you, mm-hmm. and as they tell you what they're seeing. When that looks good, then you yeah. know how exactly. that feels. Yeah. yeah. Could also helping exactly. with that, doing it along a fence, so your horse isn't, like, throwing its hippo and, like, falling down a little bit or, like, turning too wide and, like, keeping it nice and tight if you do it along a fence? Or do you yeah. just do it in the middle um, of the arena? But then again, you know, and that's maybe a good place to start, yeah. but you need to get, you need to get rid of that handicap. You know, you need mm-hmm. to try to better yourself as a rider. Mm-hmm. You know, even when I do my clinics are very hard, very hard because I, I don't let people, I don't use cones, tires. And just like you said, I, I try to teach people how to do it without that assistance, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you want to be a better rider. So it, it's okay to use these things to start. But you need to try to get away from it and just make it happen. And that's yeah. the thing that I see here in Brazil is we make it happen. You know, if, if my horse doesn't stop, we make him stop. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in America, we're, we're 
a little too nice to the horse. Well, we're like, whoa, whoa, stop, I love you. You know, oh, you stop, here's a cookie. You know, here we're like, you know, it's like one whoa, and on the second whoa, believe me, you know, this horse's butt is in the ground. Okay. You know, because... And, and the reason is, is, it's not because they want to be mean to the animal. It's because they don't have time and they have to have results right now hmm. or they will lose their job. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a whole different atmosphere in the sense that it's so professionalized. Here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we, we can't, I can because I have my own horses. So if, if I go there, I can do that. But these guys that you see winning and running, they can't do that. They don't have that luxury, mm-hmm. unfortunately. You know, so, and horses to them, they love the horses. Believe me, they do. These guys do love their horses. They take very good care of them. But, you know, those horses must, they must win. And if they don't, they're going to get one that does. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, so going back to like your fitness routine with your horses, um, like I have a couple mm-hmm. questions around that. Like at what age would you start that? And then like, is this like a six, five, six day a week thing? And then another spinoff question too, like, um, you know, the Walker arena, is that pretty much what you do? Or do you, do you work in like some hill training or any swimming or any other like extras to switch it up? Well, first, we have no swimming here in Brazil. No. So, no, no swimming. No, it doesn't exist. No. Interesting. It's, it's impossible because of the, I, there's no swimming here, zero, that I know of. Maybe there is somewhere else, but I, I, I don't know anybody who swims their horses. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Because there's just not a place to do that. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I have some two-year-olds being broke right now. They just turned two. Because um, everything I'm buying now is born in January, February, or March. So I have the option of taking it and selling it to the United States or selling it in Brazil as well. Whereas most of our horses are born from July to December. Okay, so I, I so my horses are just turning two, and they're being broke. And they'll, they'll get done. The guy that breaks them stays here for 60 days to break them. He lives in my tech room. Okay. And breaks them, and then and then he leaves. And this is an interesting guy. That's something we should talk about another time. Guy oh. <laughs> has an amazing story. Oh, okay. So, um, I'll do it right now. There'll be two years and three months, and I'll start it. Okay. So I'm yep. probably going to get some backlash, like, "Oh, you're tearing up your baby legs and stuff like that." But listen, I do X-ray all my horses' mm-hmm. knees all the time. Um, I only start them on the barrels after their knees have closed. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I do. And most horses' knees are closed at two and a half. So, yeah, okay. yeah. you know, the horse is running juvenile in USA are almost four years old. So their knees mm-hmm. are closed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, now, here's the thing. You know, I'm, I'm lazy. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't like to trail ride and do other stuff. But. I am lucky. I we have cattle. My husband is a rancher, and we do use our horses to work cattle. Oh yeah. So nice we don't have four wheelers here. Um, the cowboy here, he he goes on horseback every mm-hmm. day. So we use the barrel horses to work cattle. And when we work cattle, it's up and down hills. It's shutting gates. We we're, we rotate. Our ranch is not big, so we rotate pastures all the time. So the horses get a lot of cattle work as well. Mm-hmm. 
So, and I actually, when I'm done working cattle, I go and train them in the arena when I'm done with them. A light work, okay? Yeah. Um, And so, and my horses love their jobs. Some people, you know, I I bought into this myth that, oh my gosh, if you overtrain your horse, he's going to hate his job. Mm-hmm. That's really not the truth. Horses like consistency. They they don't reason. They don't think like us. Okay. Mm-hmm. They like they like to do that same thing. They like that. They they are routine animals. Yeah. And and I'm telling you, when I do this, I'm not running them through the barrels or anything like that. You know, I do a lot of trotting, a lot of loping. Um, I I don't run at home because my ground isn't good enough. You know, I. I have this weird thing about my own ground. I could have the best ground in the world at my house, but I'm still scared to run them at home. Oh. <laughs> I don't know why. It's, it's a thing in my head, okay? Yeah, yeah. Um. So, but they like routine. Horses like routine. Yeah. And so I try to ride them in an ideal situation. I would ride them five days a week and train them five days a week. Yeah. The other trainers in Brazil literally train them six days a week. Yeah. No question. Um, because with their jobs, they're required to work Monday through Saturday, you know, and of course if there's races, it's a different situation, but the horses here work six days a week, the majority. And here, usually they do give the month of December off because it's so hot and there's not many races because of Christmas and new year. Mm -hmm. So they do give them about three weeks off this time of year. So, so when they have that um, time off, are they still exercising the horses? Like, do you still put them on the hot walker? Or yeah, you know, it really depends the the location. Okay, you know, if a place has turnout, they'll turn them out in mm-hmm. like paddocks, you know, or pastures. Um, otherwise, no, it's it's either in paddocks and the walker, but they're not riding them, training on them. Mm-hmm. So, okay. but yeah, and but I mean, it's but I'm telling you, girls, it's. The horses, you know, I'm going to knock on wood here, but you don't see a lot of injuries. You don't see a lot of body for horses. You, you know, you don't have the bleeding situation. I've never seen a horse bleed here. I've never seen one. Doesn't mean yeah. it doesn't happen. Okay. I'm not going to say that it doesn't, mm-hmm. but I personally haven't seen any. Yeah. yeah. You know? I like I'm so convinced too that just like fit is probably the secret like the secret to yeah injury prevention and if you really want a clock your horse has to be fit yeah 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 they do yeah they really do and and it's um it it amazed me how many horses weren't fit I mean there there were some that weren't fat they weren't fit either Mm -hmm. you know and I was like man I hope when when this horse comes, when my horses come, people are like, oh, my God, her horses are so skinny, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. Um, but it, it makes a big difference. And you know what else? Your horses don't buck. Your horses, you know, if you ride them and keep them fit like this and have a real routine with them, all that crappy crap that they do goes away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they don't paw at the trailer. They don't kick at other horses. You know, they don't give you trouble to go in the arena because they're tired. Yeah. You know, and, and when they're tired, they're focused. Yeah. You know, like, for example, when I go to a race, like when my horses run, I don't feed them grain the night before the morning of just oh. hay okay. so that they're focused. The young, young horses, not a finished horse. That's what oh, I'm talking okay. about, like a three-year-old. Because, yeah. cool. um, you know, you get a three-year-old and they're looking around and they, you know, they're, 
So I try to take a little of that energy out of them mm-hmm. so that they're, you know, a little like, okay, and they, they pay attention and they do what they need to do. And then as they start to get consistent, then they, I feed them like normal. Yeah. In fact, my competition horses, I feed them more times during the day when I'm at a race. Okay. But when I'm first taking these colts out, I, I try to keep the, the grain to a bare minimum so that they're a little bit tired. You know, you take that edge off. Yeah. And they focus because I can't give them, you know, ace or the, the what is that that a lot of people I, I read on Facebook and stuff. They want to give like these anti, these depression drugs. I don't know. To calm their horses. <laughs> I don't know. There's so many like, things out there's there. There's definitely like lots yeah. of ace in our part of the world. But. There's ace. There's another one. It starts with a C. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Chloroplomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah that. And then Something like that. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of things, but mm-hmm. so when you are um, getting leading up to a big event, like say that week, do you change up your training or exercising schedule at all to give them, like, do you give them a little break right before? No. Just no, no, <laughs> no. We're way too nice up here. Stevie. I know. We're it's way like, too oh, nice. I gotta give you a couple <laughs> days just. <laughs> or yeah. No. Oh boy. Okay. They get a break after. Oh, okay. <laughs> You've done your job. Now you can have a break. Yeah. You got to earn it. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, it's not that. It goes back to that thing. I, I, and believe me, when I was in the United States, I was just like you guys. Okay. <laughs> this is all stuff I have learned here and have applied and realized that it works. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, horses, they don't reason. Okay. They don't understand like, okay, I need to rest because I got to run five times this weekend. They don't, they don't know that. Yeah. Okay. So, and I told you, they like routine. Mm-hmm. You know, they do like it. And, and I do reward my horses. Like if I'm training them on the barrel, especially the young horses, the minute they get it, I put them away or I go ride a little bit. You know, like I said, I'm a bit lazy, so I don't like to go trail ride very much, but I will just take them out, you know, and then put them away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like the finished horses, I, I do these exercises and then I'll do a little bit of barrel and then I'll put them away, but they like it, mm-hmm. but it's, it's that, you know, you, they like routine. So when you don't give them a routine, you, they kind of get a little flaky in the head on you, you know, so yeah. they don't understand why you're giving them the day off. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. They don't get it. Yeah. You know, and the more routine you get and the more you stick with that routine, the better your horse will get. I promise. Yeah. No. Um, and then so so another thing like leading up to a big show or like this week where you you um, might be bringing some to the States, will you like intensify mm-hmm. their training or change anything or you're consistent all up until like big events as well? I'm pretty consistent all the way through. Again, yeah. it goes back to that thing. Horses yeah. like routine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Just keep it the same. And, and me too. And I'm actually a very calm person. Yeah. And so um, I don't need to really intensify, especially with young horses. All, the last 20 years, I have focused on cold. And, you know, if you intensify, then they get nervous. You know, so I just let them build up. I always say kind of like an airplane taking off, you know, training is the same. And you just let them build and build and build and build until they're at the top, Mm -hmm. you know. And so what you have to try to do if you're going to do fraternity horses is you want to get to that top 
right when that big event is at. And as a horseman, you need to understand each horse is different. And for example, I have a horse here and he's one that's coming and he's a slick by design, super crazy talented horse. And he's out of the L Shady mare and he turns, I mean, he's an amazing horse, but he is scared of everything like poops and runs off with me when I'm at the show. Okay. Like, I mean, it's crazy because, I mean, at home he's perfect and he's a little scared of the cows, but the cows are helping. So, you know, I have to get on him and I have to wear him out before oh. I exhibition him. Oh, he'll you know, run I have off to get on there and, the show. Yeah, and he doesn't run off because he's like, oh, my gosh, I put that on Facebook one time. I said, is your horse a slick? Because my slick runs off sometimes. <laughs> and some gal wrote on there like, oh, he has a psychiatric problem. And I was like, no, he has a brain problem. <laughs> because, <laughs> because the horse is fine. Because oh, when he's dear. tired, he works. And when he's at home, he works. And he only runs off when he's spooked. He doesn't run off all the time. It's like mm-hmm. if a paper bag blows at me, he's gone. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I better be prepared to stop him. You know? And I'm like, really? Cause, and this is the thing. I feel like America is amazing and Canada too. I've been to Canada, love it. But it's like you all, I feel like Americans look for that shortcut. Oh, oh my God, my horse ran off. It must be his psychiatric nerve. It couldn't be that I couldn't pull his head around and stop the damn thing, yeah. you know? And, you know, and they, they put the, the blame or the lack of knowledge or whatever onto something that doesn't exist, like pain. Yeah. You know, my horse doesn't run off because he hurt. My horse runs off because he's, He's not even three years old yet, you know, and I'm taking him places with banners and, and, you know, music and, you know, and I was like, if things happen, if things go wrong, you know, obviously we all need to be careful of our horses if they're injured or sore. But I feel like the first thing we need to look at is ourselves. You know, like if my horse is sore, why is he sore? Well, maybe he's sore because I didn't ride all week because my kid had a dance recital and I had to cook dinner, and then, you know, uh, it was cold, and, and then I loaded him up and went to the barrel race and did an exhibition and ran him, and oh my gosh, the next day he swore why, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not the bed, it's not the saddle. Yeah. It's, it's us, yeah. you know? In the end, the fitter you get your horse, the better runs you're going to have, the better your horse responds, mm-hmm. the better he acts, you know, in general. Yeah, and again, if you can get that routine with your horse, you'd be amazed. And you know, um, I trained some streak of fling horses, and I realized that with them, they they really have to have a routine. They have to you have to put them in the same stall, the same oh, okay. place on the trailer. You have to, you know, they like you it. Cannot yeah. change like you even like you know, if you change it saddle. I mean, it takes them some time to get used to it. Really. And, <laughs> Really, they're they're very. I call them autistic horses. They're very autistic oh. in the sense that they really it's true. Yeah. They have to have that routine every day. That stall, that bucket, that halter. Hmm. You know, and and I realized that about them. And when I realized that, I had good success with them. Until I realized that, I didn't. But what I learned from those horses is I carry it over a little bit to all my other horses now, and I've been impressed with the results I get from those horses. Yeah. You know, horses like consistency and they like routine. It makes them feel comfortable. Yeah, they get comfortable. They get confident. Mm-hmm. So 
then mm-hmm. again, yeah, yeah, why change it for a big show or anything? Yeah, because they don't understand why you changed it. Yeah. So you're actually maybe putting more question in their mind than anything, mm-hmm. you know? So, and I do always, I always train my horses the day before I leave. Yeah. You know? And I get there and I train them before they run. Do you have time for one more topic or are you getting, are you getting tired <laughs> down there? Oh gosh, yeah, you're probably <laughs> no, so No, no, go tired. ahead. I can, you know, the great part about being self-employed is I can sleep in if I need to. That's yeah. true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Oh yeah, because, um... The guy that works for you, he puts the horses on at the at six in the morning, right? And fees. Oh my god, you girls! I'm so spoiled. So let me tell you why. When I met my husband in Texas, I had 19 horses in training, and I was oh my by god. myself. What? Yeah. How was, do you do that? Yeah, oh and my I was, gosh. I would oh wake gosh. up at four and go to bed at ten. You know, I mean, it's just yeah. Wow. And when my husband met me, and he said, "I want you to come to Brazil to live with me," he says, "I don't want you to do that anymore." And, and it was hard because I always liked that control. Like I have to feed, I have to clean my horse's mm-hmm. stall. Yeah. And, and, you know, and he said, Shannon, I brought you to Brazil to give you a good life. I mean, we are not rich. Okay. Yeah. He's like, I, you are my wife and I don't want my wife to clean stall. Hmm. He sounds he very said, nice. He said, I, yeah. He is. Now I work hard and everything, but he says, I don't want you to clean stalls. That's not. I don't yeah. want my wife to do that. Yeah. So I do have the guy. And so in, in, in the morning, I drink coffee with my husband, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and then I start my day. Yeah. So, Aww. yeah. So, and, yeah. It's, I mean, so blessed. I mean, it's mm-hmm. I'm not, I, I I'm not opposed to that, what I have. that kind of thing either, though. Like, you know, I feel spoiled or even just like kind of ashamed to like say to my in-laws or whatever, because they're kind of old school that we have a cleaning lady. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're like, too. are you? Are you, you, have, <laughs> you guys have cleaning ladies and you ever told me? <laughs> I want to clean. I want to be added to that list. You but can like, just do the Harmon Valley ring. I can do yeah. so much more other stuff or enjoyable exactly. stuff when yeah. like it's a so she comes and she spends six hours like that's a whole day. You know, if I'm going to do it, I take breaks and it takes me a whole damn day where I could be doing something with my husband or riding mm-hmm. horses mm-hmm. and like or working and still, you know, it, then you it's a clean wash. Money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I don't you know, it's it is worth it in some ways too but you've definitely worked your ass off for that getting up riding mm-hmm. 19 horses yeah, a day wow. oh my goodness you yeah. earned that yeah, it was kidding. hard <laughs> yeah no doubt it was hard but I you know it, you just yeah, made it work yeah but um yeah I'm super spoiled but no shame yeah but yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I can it's okay that's the way oh yeah okay so your saddle pad came from originally like you had a horse with kissing spine so I kind of went yeah. through that same thing and it was like quite mild but my horse was she was angry and like getting to bucking and stuff. And so we do have some people here that um, will do the surgery. So I did do the surgery. Um, so I'm excited to try out the uh, spine relief pad just to make sure our mm-hmm. bases are covered. But like going back to kissing spine, like how did you um, find out about it? And then did you do any other treatments since like the surgery wasn't really an option there? And how's the mare doing now? My questions are well, always 20 um, and one. <laughs> No, that's okay. Well, you know, how I found out was she, she was doing really good. Yeah. She was a trade safe mare. She was doing, she was, I bought her as a four-year-old that had very little training. I got her pretty cheap. A girl had bought her and couldn't make the payments, and it was just kind of a good deal. And she started out doing very well. And then one day, she balked going into the arena. She just did a little turn back. Okay. okay. And I thought, I thought that is strange because she's never done that before and 
I made her go in the arena. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm, you know, I'm Brazilian now. You're going in, right? <laughs> Make it happen. And, um, and it was an arena that she should have cleaned up. I mean, she should have been in the top three, and she was all over the place. Her butt was just all over the place. Oh, yeah. and, I, and what happened was the weekend before, she had slipped on the third barrel, a really bad slip. And, and so I came out of that day, and I thought, that's just odd because this mare is so sweet and so kind and so willing. And she had that slip, and then now she didn't want to go in. And I was like, that's kind of odd, okay? Yeah. So yeah. I gave her, I was like, you know, the first thing I do when that stuff like that happens, I turn them out for 30 days in the pasture. Okay. But okay. You know what? You go out for 30 days and I bring you back. And, and fortunately I was going to a big barrel race where there was a vet and kind of the same thing. She just wasn't herself, you know? Yeah. And he checked her and he said, you know, hmm, she was sore there on her back. It was about where the back of the saddle is, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of, not yep. the back of the lumbar, but almost. Yep. And he x-rayed it, and there it was. Yeah. And he said, Shannon, I can inject it and see, because nobody does surgery. And he injected it, and he said, give her another 30 days off. So I did that. I brought her back, and she wasn't any better. Oh, and I thought, well, she's just a broodmare now. I mean. So um, my vet came, my dentist came, and he also does the ozone. And he said, well, let's do ozone on her. So we did the ozone down her back, and we did it rectally as well. And I gave her a couple of weeks off, and she came back like herself. Hmm. She came oh. back like the horse I remembered. And what I did stuff. find was, like, I, I couldn't, like, train on her a lot you know I was really careful I was always scared that she would get sore again yeah you know because she still had the problem you know we were just killing the inflammation mm-hmm. yeah but what was so cool was um she she didn't need much so I would just try to turn her out as much as possible to keep her fit mm-hmm. she loved to work cows so I asked my cowboy to take her as much as possible to get the cattle and then I would just load her up I wouldn't do any exhibitions nothing I would just Open the gate and go one run, and that's it. And then I limited her run because you know here in Brazil sometimes we run twice a day. You can run three times a day, and usually the the shows are two and three days long. Mm-hmm. So I limited her just to one run a day, and then um, I actually sold her, and she's going. She's in Argentina right now to leave for Italy at the end of the month. Oh, wow! So to be to be a broodmare, the guy bought her. As, I sold her oh, as okay. a broodmare. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because here's here's another thing about Brazil girls. If, if your horse has anything, you're out. I mean, it's so out of 300 horses, 250 yeah. are one D2D horses. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you go and you pay expenses to go to these races. And, you know, she was good, but she wasn't great. Yeah. So she had a limiting I, factor. I, I just, mm-hmm. she, yeah. I let it was, go. Yeah. 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 Is there just not as many like equine vets that, um, you know, here there was people that did the surgery. So is there just not as many equine vets there or just a, they don't really believe in that surgery or or what's the hold up? Brazil's really hard, like worse probably than Canada. Well, when I first moved here 10 years ago in the state of Sao Paulo, which is the most modernized state in the country, there was only like one vet clinic. Oh, yeah. The oh, vet yeah. would drive to your house. Okay. And even this best vet of Brazil, when I moved here, he came to my house in his SUV. Hmm. He didn't have a clinic. 
He has a clinic now that he just finished building last year. Um, So there's just a lack of clinics. Yeah, so there would be no way to do a a surgery. Uh Mm -hmm. And it's so hard to get the paperwork here to have a clinic. Hmm. You know, um, the bureaucracy here is crazy. Yeah. And and so all the clinics that are here are amazing, but they're like 600 kilometers from me. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You know? Yeah. So, but all these vets do go set up a tent at the big shows. And so a lot of times I do my vet work at the show. Okay. And, and I just have to pray that I don't have anything serious between them, you know? Yeah, right. So as far with her, like if I had another horse with it, all I could say is ozone, 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 that stuff on joints. I don't inject my horses anymore at all. Not even their hogs. We ozone everything and it works amazing. Yeah, we need to figure out how to get that up here. I remember you talking about this last podcast and you asked the equine, like Stevie asked I the equine to, vet Yeah, I here, talked to Hannah. But she didn't really know too much. And she did kind of did some digging but couldn't really find much. Of, and now she's gone. Yeah. Well, and a vet from Canada called me. Oh. Um, there, There's a girl and she sells seven saddles with Brooke Robertson. You know her? Yeah. Yep. She's a nice girl. Even though she sells seven saddles, I really <laughs> like Brooke. Okay? Yeah, I know. We love her and, too. <laughs> um, yeah, I really do like her. And um, she called me one day and said, hey, my vet, we heard your podcast, and my vet would like to talk to you about the ozone. So there's some vet there that called me, and I explained it to him. He asked about the concentrations. And and you know what I'm trying to get? When when I go in the fall, one of the girls that's my secretary, she is a vet. But she's more of a paperwork vet. Mm -hmm. But she bought the ozone machine, and she takes classes, and she calls the good vets that I know. So she does my ozone work now. I'm oh. trying to get her to go with me when I go in the fall. So she oh, can ozone the yeah, horses that's and a good show idea. people ozone. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, that's awesome. And it's yeah, funny because c- c- the reason that we found you originally was Brooke gave me your number. She's like, you have to have Shannon yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I helped Brooke with a lot of stuff, with a lot yeah. of the problems she had. That, and um and uh, she carried my pads for a while, too, until Seven started to have their pads. Oh, I mean, yeah. there's, I understand her side, and, and I think Brooke is a great person. And I never asked her to sell any of my stuff. I never went to her to try to cut out that deal. Yeah. Never. That's not my style. Yeah, you don't want to, like, I really like intrude or, yeah, I know what you mean. No, it's not my it's not my way. Yeah. But I really like Brooke. I have a lot of respect for her. I think she's a cool, cool person. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. That was cool. So you see, your podcast is getting more people than you think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's super exciting yeah. to hear that. Yeah. And then you guys need to plan. You guys should come here. I know. It I know. We had the baby, but you, you should need to do the podcast from Brazil. I that would be so oh, cool. That would be so awesome. Well, we'll let you get to bed for tonight anyways. Like, thank you so much yeah. for talking to us at this time of day. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> time of night. Time of night. <laughs> Middle of the night for you. Cool. But, but yeah. if, if you come and do um, a clinic up here, we can do another one in person. Oh, yes. Yeah, that'll be cool. We mm-hmm. can. And there's a girl in uh, Montana that wanted me to do one. Too. Yeah. I just need to figure out when I can and it needs to be warm I, I, yeah. I can't it's got to be like late spring <laughs> yeah yeah and when you figure out COVID, dates we'll see if we can get a, uh, an arena up here yeah because I definitely want to do a clinic with you I'm yeah, yeah like dying to do a oh, clinic with thank you. you okay fair so, but I'll, I'll let you girls go but yeah let's do something this is super cool yes okay yeah. we, sure. we, we will, will chat again soon yes. and thank you so much yes oh do you remember you how to take us much. 
<laughs> um, do you remember how to take us out of this podcast? Yeah, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. No one ever remembers. <laughs> Get Richard <Richer> Ride trying. <laughs> Oh,